slick, but in the fact there's a, a drive to make something out of nothing. And hopefully that gets exhausted and then you're left with your own devices. And there's a, it tells you a lot, yeah? You're wanting to know as a prerequisite to be is bogus, yeah? You do not have to know to be, yeah? You don't. So these things, when they don't, you know, it's like someone who's on the carousel and the ring is there and you keep going for the ring. This is sort of like uh, the ring's not even there. And you just see that grasping, yes, that wanting, checking, wanting to know. And that's very valuable to see. Yeah, because if you're not seeing it, it's in a way using you. Yeah. yeah. So you think you're using it, but it uses you because now that which you are has to go through stages of knowing, experiencing to arrive at where it already is. You know, it just shoots up a lot of time and space into it. But if nothing can just be left alone, it really reveals it all. Yes, that's so the beauty of it. But a lot of times, you know, there's, again, we talk about the mental addiction, you know, the mental addiction, some people it's, 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 uh, it's pointed at, can you get in there? <laughs> that's not the gateless gate. That's the, uh, there's a lock on it. <laughs> He's been stopped to enter the gateless gate. <laughs> Come on in, my friend. Take a sit. We're waiting for more chairs. So, so uh, so, uh, hey, Richard, nice to see you, man. We're just doing a Zoom, so we're going to speak in about something or nothing. I don't know where I was, but it's okay, Paul. Yeah, it's the same place I've always been. <laughs> yeah, so the idea of, of uh, you know, you're not what's being targeted by the message. Yeah, you're really the obstruction in a sense. So, and you have limited reach. Yeah, you have limited uh, possibilities. So when you're throwing it everywhere, you can't miss everywhere, but it's important to miss somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's so, just such an, I think there's just such a generalized anxiety that, that humans have, especially in this day and age with just being, just being unapologetically just being. That, that just revs up the but central nervous system. Reaction, yeah, but that's a reaction from the mental anxiety, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a reaction from being. It's a reaction from the mental anxiety. Yeah, because the mental anxiety maybe has a story. It would love to rest and be at peace, but it can't. It's agitated, mm -hmm. yeah? In a way, if it stops, it does. it appears not to exist. It's through constant movement, it appears to exist. So when you have a pause, you don't stop, you're there. That which is not truly there stops, yeah? So a pause isn't like your pause, what you're not paused, and then there you are. 
and it, hopefully it's a free sample. Yeah, it tells you a lot in that little moment, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Why does it tell you? It tells you about what you're not really. Yeah, if you believe something's a long lasting independent separate entity, a thing, then it could, it should be a thing if it stops. Yeah, mm -hmm. just if it appears to be a thing as it's constantly in action and agitated, it should be, if it's a thing, it should be a thing when it stops. But in this case, it does, it isn't, yeah? When it stops, yeah, you see through everything. When it keeps moving, a lot of shit can appear to be true, yeah? But that's because the time and that, inf that, that, that influence is shot into it, yeah? When that stops, the emperors is seen as having no clothes. This is seen as there could be clothes, but there's no emperor. Yeah. Yeah. So a pause is it? you don't get paused, do you? Never. You're completely on at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, this is, uh, these things give you hints when they start occurring. And you have, let's say, you've borrowed the glasses of non-duality. So you're seeing them through a non-duality lens. It's still a lens, yeah? But instead of bifocal, it makes a, a union, yeah? And now you see what you used to look from. And so it points out misunderstandings, mm -hmm. yeah? That understanding brings up out, it points out the misunderstandings so that you can see them. Yeah. And one moment of seeing is worth like thousands of pages of reading and shit, I feel. Yeah. When you actually see the animation of a point you may have read, it's so, it has such a more concrete effect. Don't you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Like I read stuff in the book, a big book after I got sober. And you cannot believe how many statements in the big book captured tons of my behaviors, tons of them, like to the T, a perfect uh, description of it, perfect. Now, never ran into it so many times as in that book. Yeah, when I read something, hey, people seemingly step on our toes seemingly without our provocation, but if we, if we look, we all invariably find that we made, there was a decision made by self or made from self. Fucking unbelievable. That just lit up so much stuff. Yeah. And then a tons of things like that. Yeah. You know, you do this, you make a decision. It sets off trains of circumstances. It brings you misfortune that you feel you don't deserve. <laughs> As a perfect description of most of the uh, interpretations in my day. <laughs> yes, I didn't see, I said off train of circumstances. I saw, thought you did, yeah, or someone else did, that brought me misfortune that I truly felt I didn't deserve. So man, I gotta blame you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect description. Now, could I, would I have been able to see that while I was in it? Probably not. But because recovery gave me another perch, I could see the other branch, yeah? I couldn't see the branch I was resting on when I was resting on it. But when I saw it from another branch, I could see it. 
Did you yeah. start the satsang? What? No, I just went I'm just having a pre pre uh, warm up. I got hey bro, nice to see you, Mihai. Nice I didn't recognize you. There was no leather on you, so I didn't. It took me a while to recognize. It's warmer. Oh, there's leather. <laughs> uh, we have some friends of ours coming. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna get more chairs. So yeah. I'm just you know the. I think all of us the heavy lifting is over. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I hope it's been enough. Yeah, that you've tried enough. And then instead of blaming yourself for something else, you finally realize that it's there's something going on here that I'm not a, aware of. Yeah. That's foiling all of my attempts to transcend or or arrive or depart. Yes. <laughs> I keep arriving and they tell me on having never left. And then you just can't, that doesn't equate to the mental logic. So it forgets it quickly and then he plans for on another trip so he can get that hit of arrival. And then when it arrives on having never left, when's it gonna get it? Yeah, yeah. So I feel it's gonna get it sooner or later. It's gonna break. It could be one, it could be 50, who cares really? But it's a finite uh, bondage with an infinite condition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the infinite is going to win out. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel a lot of the times, you know, hopefully we'll all be done before we're done, meaning dead. Yeah. Like I was done with alcohol and drugs before I was done. Thank God. Yeah. So I could enjoy what it would be like not enslaved to that fucking constant search yeah so now i saw there wasn't much there was a lot of similarities between spiritual addiction and drug addiction yeah and i believe that the mental state is really has a very very strong addictive nature the men the mental state it 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 leans towards addiction yeah whatever if something feels good it wants more whatever yeah so and that addictive nature has its own agenda because the addictive nature is reinforcing the original let's say it's not original let's use that the original addiction which is the mental state's addiction to being a doer a thinker a feeler a haver a loser me yeah some special unique character yeah that addiction is incredibly pronounced because most addictions, you don't ever take yourself to be the drug, do you? I don't, I mean, I did a lot of cocaine. I never thought I was cocaine. There was a clear line I never crossed. But in this addiction, you're living from the drug. The feeling of being a self is the drug. And we're living the rest of our lives from there trying to get relief by these other behaviors that we call addictions. Yeah. We're trying to get relief from self. Yeah, isn't it? Or some reality of self, which is I'm super uncomfortable, never, something's never gonna get better because the reality of self, first of all, isn't real. And it's mostly, it's material is what's not happening. Yeah, 
you're not responding to the moment. You're reacting to these ideas of how it's going to be and how it was, aren't you? Yeah. There's no you doing it. It's the head. The head's reacting. The language seems to say there's a someone that reacts. It's just the head reacting. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that from the pause. And then it sets off the domino effect. You don't have to push the dominoes. You just observe them falling. You don't have to go out there and push them. Yeah. Because if you do, there's an intent or an interest for it to go a certain way. That doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's, uh, we've got 1.30 to 2 at satsang, 2 to 3 at Tupperware <laughs> events, 3 to 4 recipes are going to be shared. Yeah. 4 to 5. 4 to 5. Paul sits and wonders what the hell he was doing here. <laughs> <laughs> well nice to see everybody showing up so we have a zoom yeah at the same time we do this uh just because you know yeah that's what we do now i mean we've uh yeah it allows us to have a longer arm to extend to like europe and australia and stuff so and uh they lately have been feeling like second-class citizens because the live meetings are capture my attention seemingly from their point of view more than I give to them. And they're upset with that. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> they're not getting any warm nuts. And they're, they're right next to the bathroom in the back of the plane. <laughs> so... Is there any questions here? Because we're going to wait, right, for people to show up, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, just a few minutes. Yeah. All right. Anyone out? Everyone, anyone here, Mike, in the squares? What? Have questions? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, anybody want to? Yeah, not questions. Questions. <laughs> anybody? Uh, Matt's raising his hand. All right, Matt. Right, yeah, you asked me earlier, Paul, if I had any questions, and I said no, but there has been something that's been sort of sitting with me at the moment recently, and it's, it's the whole um, policeman thief, so yeah, the policeman, the policeman seeing the thief, yeah. what is it that's seeing a policeman? Is it another policeman? No, hopefully not. First of all, <laughs> no. there isn't a policeman to begin with, so let's say we can talk here, all right? So the idea of when we use the terminology self, we're using it as a small s, not like all. Yes. We're using it as that feeling of being the doer, the thinker, the haver, the loser, you know, the alpha, the omega, the sense of being a long lasting, independent, separate thing. Yes. Located as a body, let's say. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. And he's talking about this this little syndrome, let's say, where sooner or later, some of us, uh, that things that we weren't clear of starts crystallizing, and it may be called, it may be given the name self or ego. I don't like the word ego, but self, you know? So it seems in a way self has defeated me or it's limiting me or it's got me directed and I'd like to go another way, yeah? So there's a seeing of that. 
there's an awareness of that, yes? There's an awareness of that. But, and that awareness is seeing this, this idea of selfing, yeah? But the movement of the mental state, this is what we're talking about, is very fast. So there's a seeing, let's say, of the mental activity and very quickly, that seeing of the mental activity is claimed by the mental activity, yeah? So now a part of the mental activity gets objectified and it's called the seeing. I've seen what has defeated me, let's say, but that there's a claiming of that seeing, yeah? As a subjectified version of the object. So selfing has claimed to be the seeing of selfing, yeah? Most people get to see one, they see the thief, but they don't see the sense of the policeman. Yeah. So now uh, another aspect of selfing takes you over and it's the policeman. And for a lot of people who lived under both tyrannies, the thief is more fucking fun in a lot of ways. The policeman's <laughs> got this weird idea of perfection. And you gotta be perfect. And it's like, I'm quite demanding. And it was better when I was just getting loaded in, so to speak, yeah. So. But the, move, the whole point of it isn't that there's, a, there's a, a thief or a policeman. Those are just images, yeah, of an activity, yeah? So that the brain can communicate. What's most interesting is this movement of the mental activity, which is claiming, yeah? So there's, let's say this, in the basic, basic condition of all of our lives, is rooted in seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, thinking. Yes, pretty much perceiving. Yeah. When seeing happens, you can observe it. It's, yeah. When seeing is occurring, the mental state reacts in time. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why time is so essential. Something that's not so, to appear to be so, has to have time to do that. Yeah. So something that's not true to appear to be true needs time and a lot of reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the seeing basically right now. Yeah. Like on my, what I would call my worst day I was seeing and my best day I was seeing. Yeah. There was no real discrimination. I wasn't like turning away. I mean, if my head was pointing in one way, I was seeing whatever was going on. Yeah. So it's, it's not, has no volition to it. I could vow, I don't wanna see a bird. And then if I'm looking out here, a bird may fly by, I just broke the vow. <laughs> but, I, but I had no power to make that vow, yeah? Because the idea of Paul comes after the seeing. Yeah, they're seeing, yeah? Well, we'll all follow it. They're seeing, yes? And then there's a sense of a seer. Yeah. Now, to the mental narrative, the seer is essential, but in fact, the seeing is essential. There can be seeing without a seer, but there can't be any seer without a seeing, without seeing, yes? So, I mean, the importance is obvious, yeah? But the, way, the narrative in most people's head is the emphasis is on the seer, not the seeing, yeah? So what's being thought about is mostly about the seer, not the seeing. And it be and a lot of think will maybe about the scene, yeah. But as the seer, you're gonna see tons of different scenes, but there's gonna be one seer, you. 
Yeah. So all the seeing that happens and is claimed presents you as the one seer to a lot of different things seen. This is called duality, yes? Duality is a two-ness. So here's seeing, it's happening. We're living a narration, see or seen, that's duality. The statement of non-duality is not two. Not two means not see or seen. Yeah, it's not definitely seeing's happening. There's no argument with that. But the idea of seer and seen is not. That's derived from the claiming of the seen. Yeah. It doesn't grow on its own. And the seeing doesn't grow it. Seeing does not hatch seer and seen. Because in a way, when we were babies, we were seeing and we didn't even see our mother as other. Yeah, there was no, yes, there was no seeing or seer at that point, but there was a whole lot of seeing going on. The idea of see or seeing had to get developed. Yeah. And the problem is after it got developed, it got overdeveloped where there was a complete really moving from the life of life is happening to a interpretation of life's happening to me, which is a huge shift, yes? And it produces a lot of effects that life has happening, wouldn't it? Life's happening to me produces a lot of reactions, emotional, mental, yeah, yeah. So get back to what you're saying. I don't even know anymore, but the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, the thinking. Yes? The mental state becomes conscious of that shit. It picks up something's going on, claims it to imply its story, which is if there's seeing, there must be a seer. If there's hearing, there must be a hearer. So supposedly Lord Buddha said a long time ago, many things, but one of the things he says, hey, there's events happen. Yeah, deeds are done, yet there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah. So in a case, they're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, but there's no doer of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The doer is derived from the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, from the claiming of it by the mental state. Yeah. It wasn't doing it when you were young because it hadn't developed yet but it starts and then basically, you know, when you were a kid, if you weren't in a violent situation, you'd just be running around doing whatever, you know, taking a shit, laughing, whatever, crying. And then one day you ran into a room and it was accompanied by thought, yeah? And there was certain uh, introspection started to happen. To me, it occurred when I was running around naked, I remember it perfectly, with my neighbor running around naked we had two houses in this little alley and my mother looked out the window and she yelled at me and it looked like she was mad at me. And that made me a big impression on me. And I was clothed ever since then. Yeah, so, so this idea of, of uh, If you live a life that the doer is before all doing, when in fact there's doing with not a doer, obviously things can go awry. <laughs> yes. Little tiny little, almost let's say microscopic change in let's say 
the first step to the second step on a long journey, you wouldn't notice it because it's so microscopic. But if you take 800,000 steps, it's made a giant chasm, yes? And this is what's happening. We start from something that comes after, which completely, completely believes it's before. Yeah, and you can see it, we, it's obvious, you can see it. Did you go to, before you came here, did you go to a seeing class? Yeah. Did everyone start sharing, you know, I gotta decide at eight in the morning to start seeing at nine, you know, gotta get ready for another day of, no, there's just seeing, yeah. Doesn't seem to be much thought or effort in it. Now your vision may not be good, so you get glasses and shit, but the seeing is, the seeing is not vision, it's what's firing all the gates, yeah. So the hearing, you know, you basically, if you're facing in one way, you're going to have to hear whatever's going on. Yeah. Now you may be bad of hearing, but that which is hearing isn't. That which is hearing is as pure and clear as it always been. Yeah. It goes to a, like a, a facility and it, the facility can be broken like the trumpet, but the wind, the air isn't. Yeah. That's playing the note. Yes. So this is so simple in a way, non-duality is just the negation of this assumed dualistic interpretation as the living, breathing movement of this life. And that maybe just maybe we're not a thing, yeah? Maybe it's sort of like we found ourselves in a suit, let's say, that checks the atmosphere and responds to situations. And we forgot that we were, were the inhabitant of the suit. And so now the suit's reactions to things which are programmed, yeah, we claim to be our reactions. And now the suit just can't see things, you know? It has a limited perspective and a limited ability to understand. Yet the head plays with that. And now you as the inhabitant of suit is feeling the guilt and shame of how this, this about the suit's inadequacies and its inability to let's say do this and do that when you're not the suit, yes? So the freedom isn't me being perfect. The freedom is losing interest in that idea of me being perfect. And how are you gonna lose interest in that idea as the source of the idea, which is the me? Me is not going to lose interest in me. That's just more interest in me. You see me as something other. Yeah. You finally realize, yeah, there are thoughts, but where the hell did it, where was it written in stone that I'm the thinker of? Because <laughs> it sure doesn't seem like I have much power over them. They seem to surprise me at every minute. I don't know where they're getting manufactured. I don't know how they're delivered. And they seem to depart pretty quickly. Yeah. So, but this, this stubborn belief that a thought appearing means there's got to be a thinker. Yes. And there's a, a great master, Hoang Po, a Zen master from China. He said such so many beautiful statements. This one, one of my favorites. He says, whatever can be perceived can't be perceived. Yeah. So this can be perceived. Yes. This can't be perceiving. This can be perceived, this can't be perceived. It's beautiful, isn't it? 
Because if you take that and just bring that pair of glasses that Huang Po just offered and look at the narrative in your head, the narrative in your head is completely based on that which can be perceived is what's perceiving. Yes? When they're seeing, don't you feel like there's a sense that it's you as they're seeing? When it's thinking, it's you thinking and you're pictured as this, yes? When you're worried about you, how are you pictured? As a body, yeah? When you remember you, how do you remember you three years ago? You're pictured as the body. You can't place yourself in Hawaii unless you see yourself as a body. And when you're worrying about you, which is another form of remembering you, you worry about you as a body. If something was so, would it need so much work to appear to be so? If something is so, does it have to constantly be reinforced and remembered all day? No, it would stand in and of its own, yeah? But something that isn't so to appear to be so has to have a lot of support and reinforcement. And what better reinforcement than all the seeing being claimed to infer only one seer, that every sound constantly reaffirming and reinforcing the idea that you're the hearer of all the sounds, yeah? Every thought that you're the thinker of all of them, every action that you're the one that did it, and on another level that you shouldn't have done it, yeah? So it gets you like five different ways. Not only that you may have done something stupid, but you should have done something else. <laughs> so it just geometrically progresses the mental minutia until you're just fucking heavied out. You know, and then you're, you go to the store and you buy a book of how to get into the moment, which is an insane fucking idea based on this idea that you could be out of a moment, which you've never been out of any moment. Yeah, but the dis-ease and irritability and restless has us going for anything, you know? <laughs> Fucking yeah, you know? Dig a hole and it bury me for three days and nights, sure. If it'll help me with this, whatever. I mean, it, it will drive you to great lengths to get freaking relief, won't it? The message of non-duality is completely disarming. It doesn't drive you, to, it's not demanding you have relief or not. You lose interest in that who needs relief. You lose interest in it. You lose interest in the need to be liberated because you don't see your, yourself as that which needs to be liberated. Because that which needs to be liberated is not you, yeah? That which wants to get out of a body is a body identification. I'm serious. I did it once. I chanted, I'm not a body. I am free. I am just as God created me for about eight hours. And then a few days later, I realized, fuck, the only thing that would chant that is a body identification. <laughs> so while I am chanting, I'm not a body, it was reinforcing the body identification. This is what Ramana said, if you ever heard of Ramana Maharshi. He implies this, and he says it in many different ways, but this is the way we'll say it today, the only one I remember. He says, there's this presupposing of a non-existent thing, yeah? What's that non-existent thing, the body, yeah? Have you ever seen someone you know dead? 
Yeah, I saw my uncle Fred when I was nine. My family took me to the funeral. My mother said, you want to say goodbye to Uncle Fred? I wasn't that keen on it, but she <laughs> grabbed my hand and took me to the casket. I looked in and I had a sudden hit. That ain't Uncle Fred. Yeah, the body was completely there. It looked just like Uncle Fred looked, but there was something missing, which was that emanating existing force. So Uncle Fred was a non-existent thing. Yeah. So here's this presupposing, and the word pre means before, which implies time, yeah? So there's a presupposing of, of this non-existent thing being existent. This is, the, this is sort of what happens. There's been a, the mental state has made us a hybrid. It's taken the subjective qualities and made them attributes the body has. So we think we're conscious as a body, yeah? You see it, it's a trippy move. There's a subjective sense it picks up, the body, and it says, okay, the body has these attributes. So the body's the one who's conscious, the body's seeing, the body's hearing, the body's feeling. Now it facilitates seeing, hearing, feeling, but the camera ain't taking any pictures unless the light goes through, yeah, yeah. So, but here we are. So he says, there's this presupposing thing that wants to presupposing of this non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. Uh, if this is the case, which he implied it is the case, <laughs> which is, he says, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? It's a nice place to sit. Yeah. It's sort of like coming into a spiritual shoe store. The shoe fits, wear it for a while. Take a walk with it, yeah? So if your spiritual practices, which our belief and hope is that it's destroying something we'd like to be free from is actually reinforcing that which we'd like to be free from, we're in a little bit of a conundrum, eh? <laughs> I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. But no, it's not true. Because if you can see that which wants to get in or out of something may not be you. And that you may be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Not as you look, but as what's looking. Yeah. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you and I are looking for. And very clearly, I think they had a very clear translation. They did not say who's looking is what you're looking for. It said what's looking is what you're looking for, which is shared, yes? We are all that what that's looking, yeah? And that's what we're looking for. Now, most people will not get there until they fail, until they try and try and try to be that which they're looking for, yeah? You know, to become that which way they're looking for, to improve themselves to the point when they arrive at finally being that what's, that, what we're looking for but in fact you are that right now yeah he doesn't say what's looking uh and then have 50 pages of requirements necessary to become what you're looking for no it's what's looking right now is what you're looking for and if you see that which is or sense what's looking right now 
does it demonstrate any thought or effort to be seen? Did, am, I, am I demonstrating any thought or effort to feel that wind on the skin? There was sensation. Did I work? I'm gonna feel this fucking wind. No, yeah, it seems to happen, yeah. I don't understand why you would believe through thought and effort, you could arrive at that which demonstrates no thought or effort. I just don't see it. Do you? Do you think that you can lift yourself into that condition that you already are? Or would the lifting into that condition maybe being used to reinforce an insane idea that you somehow separated, somehow you're, you've made a weird, bad decision in your life to separate it from the Godhead? <laughs> or whatever, and I wish I could get back, but I'm so fucking guilty. I got to play out this whole scene for 80 or 90 years, as the Course in Miracles would say. <laughs> but basically, the Course says there's no need for a solution because there's no need for correction. Yeah, that's the solution, is there's no need for correction. Now, how can you see that? If you're looking for at it from the problem, you need a solution. But if you arrive, if you hear the solution, the solution tells you there is no problem. That's the non-duality pointing anyway. The non-duality pointing is premised on you and I are reality. Yeah. It says, Ramana says it many times, being ourselves reality. It doesn't say, well, you will be reality. You were once and you blew it. It says being ourselves reality, yeah? The greatest mystery is reality wanting to attain reality. Yeah. So satsang for me is, to be clear, the message is never pointed to you. Yeah, you're actually seen as the obstruction, really. So let's say everywhere is where you're pointing at. I can't miss everywhere. The only thing is I have to miss you because the somewhere. <laughs> so people usually bitch about my, to my, whoever's with me telling them whatever, everything this guy says goes over my head. So the guy asked me once, hey, Paul, you all these people are saying the same thing. Everything you say go over the head. I said, that's where I'm shooting for. <laughs> I, lost, I learned long ago to stop trying to convince you. <laughs> You're irrelevant, basically, in this message. You've done your job by getting here. <laughs> that's it, it's over. I'm trying to understand. That's beautiful because it will fail. It is. I'm gonna get it, it's gonna fail. You're not gonna get it. And you're not gonna turn this into an experience. It's not an experience. It's a much larger space than that. There are no, I don't believe there's no, any non-dual experiences. It's completely opposite of the statement. Non-dual means not two. And experience means two. There's gotta be you to have the experience, yes? There's no experience here. And uh, I remember I, when I used to do a lot of tours in the East, some people I knew were into Kirtan. You ever hear of Kirtan? Spiritual music, it's great. My friends are big time people in that. So they would ask me if they could do a Kirtan before the talk. I go, yeah. 
start singing. Everyone's ecstatic and shit. I get up, I say, well, here's the bad news. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I'm not into kirtan, but it took me like one eighth of a second to go into the ecstasy because I'm available and I'm present. Yes? Not as some fucking Herculean conquest, but just the obviousness of seeing what I'm not, the inherent nature that I am is available and present. It's not like I've reached a high level. That's dog shit awareness. I'm here and I'm awake to being here. Therefore, if I hear something beautiful, I respond quickly. Yeah, I'm not out to lunch. It's awesome. Yeah. And the idea of claiming it doesn't stop, but I've seen the claiming. And I'm not believing I'm the one that's doing the claiming. That's the policeman and the thief thing. Yeah. There's a claiming, and then you believe you're the one that's doing the claiming. No. There's a, let's call it selfing. There's these mental activities. And when the first time people hear it and they think they understand it, they call me and they say, Paul, I got it. I've been, and I've been selfing all day. I said, no, that's not the message. The message is selfing. Part of it has the feeling that you're the one that's doing it. Yeah. But there's just selfing. There's no someone that's doing the selfing. Yes. There's just selfing about there's someone doing the self. Yeah. Yes. So the, the narrative is constantly implying we're doing or having a lot to do with a lot of shit we have nothing to do with. And you start seeing it for what it is, which is really advertising. Yeah. And you've bought the products before. Yeah. And their return policy sucks. It does. The expiration date is quick. And you can't sell it on eBay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You seem to get stuck with it. Yeah. And what are you going to do? I don't know. It's going to move you to do a lot of shit. Yeah. This is the beautiful thing of the message, how disarming it is. You're not moved to do much. Yeah. You're seeing a lot, but you're not moved to do much. If you've done a lot, you've realized it's a failed system. Yes. You're not going to do yourself out of the doer. Yeah. And if you're going to sit to meditate before you even hit the pillow, your head has you as a meditator. You'll already be made a noun already. And then you'll be the one that's doing the verb meditation. That's duality. Yes. Doer, doing, duality. The message, and that's fine, but it's not this message. This message isn't mean I'm not going to meditate anymore. There was never anyone that ever meditated. There was just a claiming of the act, yes? There was never anyone that meditated. So there doesn't have to be anyone that has to stop meditating. Meditating's working, meditating, go ahead. It doesn't fucking matter. What's questioned is the idea of being the doer of it all, yeah? It's not the doing. The doing isn't essential. It's what the doing implies to the head, which is a doer. The doer is the bondage. It's not the act. It's being the actor. Yeah. It's a simple, it's sort of like instead of, it's a, let's say if you had a horse in front of a car and something points out to you that the way you see everything is from the cart. So you see the cart in front of the horse. Yeah. 
Now, seeing the cart from the horse, the only way to get the horse in front of the cart would maybe have to do something. Yeah. But the message here is your own, there's only a misseeing. The horse is still in front of the cart. The cart has never been in front of the horse. Yeah. So when someone says, well, if I'm not the doer, I'm going to do crazy shit. Well, you've never been the doer and you have. <laughs> this isn't like something I was the doer and then I heard non-duality and now I'm not the doer. No, there's never been a doer. There's tons of doing and there's a story that you're the doer, but that comes after the doing. And you can have a lot of relief from that which comes after the doing. Yeah because hopefully you'll be seeing it from before. If you see everything from the doer, you're seeing it from after, yeah? Then everything that was done, you have a role in it. I've watched people in recovery and, and uh, they've been sober for 34 years, yet they're still dragging guilt and shame based on the shit they did under the influence of 36 years ago. Because that idea in the the original addiction, the idea of being a self, the doer is a huge plank. Because if it wasn't, if you didn't do these things in your life, then whose life would it be anyway? The whole story that it's you is rooted quite a lot in the idea of being the doer. Yeah. So to try to convince the doer that it's not a doer is pointless, but to talk to what you are about the doer works. Yeah because the doing is left alone completely. Doing happens, but the idea of that add-on as the doer is what, it's like the water that could bring about all these activities and then reactions to those activities, pride, shame, and guilt, get stagnant when there's the doer. And now it, all of that shit coagulates around you. And you can't even see the surface of the water anymore. There's no reflective ability. You're just, the whole pond is covered with guilt and shame based on you or the doer. It's an extreme example with an addict and alcoholic because of what happens, you really fuck up big, yeah? So it tends, you can tend to cause a lot of misery in yourself and others. So the stickiness of being the doer is incredible, yeah? Because you almost feel like you've been tattooed with shit from 35 years ago. You can't wash it off and stuff like that. But there is a way out, which is seeing you're not the doer. The doer is not going to shake it off because you've been convicted in your head already. There's certain things that you believe you did that you should never have done. And it doesn't matter how many people you forgive. You're not letting yourself off of that hook. You're just living out a sentence, really. Yeah. The only way out from that is not being in it you finally see you're not the doer. I saw it as an example in, in recovery. I was, uh, uh, I was year sober driving motorcycles. I had a girl that I was trying to impress. My friend had his girlfriend. We drove to his apartment. It was about seven years, seven months sober. You know, I was, uh, go up to his apartment some lady comes down the stairs. She has some paint on her jeans and shit, like painting her apartment. We go in, we're hanging out. Suddenly my friend goes back to his bike, comes back up and says, hey, my neighbor would like to talk to you. And I'm a house painter. I'm thinking I'm gonna give her advice. So she walks in the room with my hope to be new girlfriend. And she says, 
hello, Paul, do you remember me? And I go, no, she says, you owe me $500. And it was some lady I'd stiffed for a, you know, when they, she moved into an apartment, give me the down payment, not the landlord. I spent the money, you know, she had gained weight. I didn't recognize her. And you would think feeling like the doer of that, I would have cringed and wanted to avoid it and fucking, you know, but I had, I had understood how they described alcoholism as a disease that something foreign to me had taken me over and that what I did while I under the influence, I would have done to anybody. Yeah. And so when I looked there and it, there's, you know, it looked like she pulled my pants down. I'm trying to impress this girl, 500 bucks, and, but I had no, no uh, sense felt reaction. I didn't feel guilty and shit like that. And I was on to something. And I, I sent her a check and I said, the only reason why you're seeing this money is I'm in recovery, but I sent her the money. And then she started calling me up for advice. <laughs> so fucking weird. But I got, it, I got a free sample of not being the doer. Not that I had to go through a process of forgiving. I saw I wasn't the doer. I didn't have to forgive because this cannot forgive. It can forget. But I don't see it as a forgiving mechanism. Yes? So I, got, I found a, a back door. And... I remember I was in this uh, process in Australia, eight days. You know the Rajneesh people? Yes? Anyone here was with Rajneesh? No. Well, in, uh, I lived in Australia and the town I lived in, they had a huge Rajneesh community. And they were very good at taking other people's uh, therapies and making them into something. So they had been with this group and studied this group called the uh, the, uh, the the path of miracles or something. And they made it the path of love and it was eight day process. Yeah. And they had a very good ability to produce cathodic events. Yeah. So in the middle of the day, they take everyone out, they put mattresses and they'd have these people sitting around the circumference of the room, never saying anything, holding the space. And they turn on music and people would just go off, you know, crying, flipping out. It was incredible. And I'd be sitting there and then it would take you. And this one time I was, I started to start, you know, like a mantra. I was going, I can never get back. I can never get back. You know, like I split from the Godhead and I'm crying and everything. And I was like the winner of the day. <laughs> all the, all the, you know, the people that are running it, oh, take them out, you know, oh, what is this? And after a few days later, I said, the only, why, I, there's no way I can, I can never get back because I never fucking left. <laughs> that was the whole point. I was missing the whole point. I was always on the second part. I can never get back as if I left, yeah? Or some things, maybe I could get back, which fired a lot of seeking. Yeah, but the whole premise was that I had left somehow and the premise was faulty. It was taken out like a rug. And I realized the reason I can never get back is I never fucking left. Yes, hallelujah. That's the point. Can you imagine if the relief that you would love to travel as was not delayed for another freaking second, was not held up by the delivery will be late or something. You didn't fulfill run requirement or you forgot to sign your name like you used to or whatever. No, right now, a relief that we call traveling lighter would become a new basic 
way of living. Yeah. So now you would have life according to you, and then you would have life. Yeah. This wouldn't be dominating the whole screen. It would be shrunk down. There would be a loss of interest in you, and there'd be a gaining interest. Yeah. There would still be the activity of the mental state because it doesn't learn. It doesn't. If you have an experience of your own absence, when it shows back up, it will say it had the experience. If you have an epiphany or in an epiphany, that epiphany usually will seemingly come to a screeching halt when the thoughts I'm having an epiphany arise. Yeah. This, if you're not dead, it's going to show up and it's going to claim what happened. It will claim its own absence and say it was present for it. And if you don't have an understanding to see it, you're going to be looking for it. You are. It's very, very fast. We had like the Maria knows the first video we ever did was from an old story about the sheep and the lion, actually about the sheep and the lion. Yeah. And it was about this old, this female lion with her cub and the female lion gets killed and the cub is now orphaned and it doesn't really know it's a lion yet and shit. And it's roaming around, can't take care of itself. And it sees this flock or this herd of sheep and it moves towards them. Now the sheep knows it's a lion and they get a little worried, but they realize that the lion doesn't even know it's a lion and it gets ingratiated into the herd. The sheep think this could be valuable. We've got a lion in here. <laughs> and so it starts, doesn't know any better. It starts living like a sheep. So it's sitting around the campfire. Everyone's you know, bitching about who's gonna be next year's sweater. And it's wondering what the hell gets its hair curled. It's, barring chewing cud it's looking at a sheep to eat she thinks it wants to marry her you know it's want meat they have kids the kids look a little weird they rationalize it away and, it, and he becomes a great elder in the sheep herd yeah but he's, he's feeling a little bit uncomfortable irritable restless can't put his finger on it you know he's got these fangs and the cud you know, just not cutting it so one day he's just doing what he can do and then this old lion comes into the savanna, starts chasing the herd. And the old lion sees out of the corner eye, this young lion. And so he's thinking it's a joining the hunt, but it realizes it's running with the sheep. So it veers off and it tackles the young lion. The young lion rolls on his back and looks at the old lion and says, oh, Mr. Lion, please don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. Now the older lion's a little confused, but just grabs it drags it to the water hole and sticks both their heads out. The young lion sees their reflections and gets it, yeah? It's a lion. It wouldn't matter if it had 30 years of sheep living or 30 days, it length didn't matter. It's so sorry, yeah? The old lion goes roar. It doesn't have to sign up for roaring classes. It roars, it's, was it, it's of its nature, yeah? And so, you, and that's the end of the story basically. But the thing is, there needs to be a second part of the story. Because what happens when that young lion leaves the old lion and walks away from the water hole? The sheep programming kicks in, claims to have had an incredible lion experience, and it's living as a fucking sheep again. Yeah, this was what I learned by going to satsang. Satsang's not enough 
describing, constantly talking about your lion doesn't work. You've got to talk about you're not a sheep. You've got to point out how the sheep program is going to kick in because when you leave, what happens after you leave the water hole? Yeah. So people have these whacks and they feel like they've awakened up and then they're fucking flipped out in a couple of days. And now they're thinking, all I wish for is to stabilize as an experience as the sheep. Instead of realizing what's always been stable is the fact that you're aligned. Yeah, that's where stability lies, is in your nature. Are you a sheep or are you a lion? The head says you're a sheep. You were a sheep, you're gonna be a sheep, you are a sheep. Find out if there's another voice in there, yeah? Because as a sheep, you can't grasp the idea that you're a lion. You can try to become like a lion, yeah, you can join other sheep that are of like mind and get a little room and buy old pictures of lions and gild the frames and put candles there and have roaring lessons. It sounds like barring, but you're getting close, Bert. And shit like that, straighten the hair and try to look like you would think you would look if you were a lion as a sheep, yes? And a lot, you'll get a lot of kudos and a lot of points from other sheep like you. Hey, you're doing great. Yeah, you're on the way to become a lion just you know but the fact is you are a lion that's the fact of non-duality like it or not that's what its assumption lies on its premise is you are what you're looking for its premise is the seeker is the sort there's not a seeker and the sort the seeker is the sort so it negates the two-ness and then it's all about finding out the rest yeah. If you're conscious, do you want to read a book of about consciousness? Ten hundred page, you know, like a thousand pages about what you are. <laughs> Why not just? I saw it. I used to give talks at this spiritual bookstore. So after the talks, they'd be have tons of books there, like all around the desk, and that's where they would pay you. And they they had a book on it said consciousness. And I immediately counted how many pages, 1,200 pages. So there is someone who is conscious or consciousness reading 1,200 pages about consciousness. Isn't that insane? You are that. You are what you're looking for. Or it's not non-duality. It's something else, which is fine. But I mean, don't you like when you go to a store and the meat has a wrapping and it tells you, you know, expires in two days or something and it's beef or tri-tip. It's nice to get a clear description of what you're getting, yes? Well, in non-duality, you get nothing. That's the point. You're left with exactly what you think is you so that you find out it's not. If you keep reinforcing the you in the finding out of what it's going to be, you're just reinforcing that which is, is doing the exact number you'd rather not have done. Yeah, what you want to get out of is being reinforced. Yeah, so this is not about another way to escape. It's saying you're not in, yeah? So that need or drive to get out is not premised on you. 
the reality you're in is you're not in that which wants to get out. Yes. So it's so it's like a bizarro world. Like a lot of people like getting into the moment. Remember those books, how to get into the moment. And then they had the second copy, how to really get into the moment. Yeah. You never read the whole fucking thing, but yes. But it was predicated on an idea that you're out of the moment, which comes from the mental state. The mental state says, if you are thinking about next week, you're out of the moment or whatever. It makes up this shit. So, but we believe it. So we want to get into the moment. Yeah. But you can't be out of any moment. So what, wouldn't that be nice if that was cleared up? Like as a complete, like no more debate. No, doesn't come up for review. You're never, ever out of any moment. So there would be no desire to get in to the moment because you're not out. Yes, this is what works. And then the other way, this idea of being a long lasting, independent, separate thing, you believe you're in and you want to get out. So we're trying to get out of what we can't be in and we're trying to get into what we can't be out of. It's incredible, isn't it? That, remember DC Comics, Bizarro World? We had, they had a world with Superman, it was completely opposite, or they had that Seinfeld show that time with Constanza, where he finally found a thing that worked. He would come up to the girl at the counter says, I live with my family, I don't have a job, I have nothing going on, you wanna to go to lunch? He goes, yeah. So he realizes by doing the exact opposite of what his head tells him, it, everything starts working. Well, in a way, it's, it, this is what it's like. We're trying to get out of what went on in. And we're trying to get into what we're not out of. <laughs> what else could go wrong? Lots of shit. So this is the message. It's simple. It can be repeated quite a lot. Because it's an invitation, you know. And it was a famous thing we used. Uh, I spoke in Philly and it was at a yoga studio and they translate this thing a lot different ways. But the translation on the wall was gone, gone, gone to the other shore upon arriving on having never left. This is the whole point. So do whatever you need to do because what it's gonna do is show you it's failed. And that's its value, yeah. It's going to fail you because you are what you're looking for. I don't care how highfalutin the way you're looking for it is. It's going to fail you because you are what you're looking for. So looking for it doesn't work. Yeah, it's just that simple. The more you look for it, the more it seems to be farther away. And the fact is, upon arriving on having never left. Yeah, so take all your journeys. When you arrive, it will tell you on having never left or it'll hit you, hey, it's always been this way. So did you actually ever, be, were you ever far from it? And did you ever arrive there? Because when you actually seemingly get there, it tells you you've always been here. <laughs> it's always been this way. So nothing had ever actually happened to change any of this. Hallelujah. Yeah, I feel. I feel it's great news. Yeah. So you can get on with having a nice coffee in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. You're here now. It's beautiful. 
And the head, you now start being able to recognize selfing, the activity of the head, which is, it's constantly presupposing you in the act of being identified as self, yeah? It, its logic is, I was Paul, I will be Paul, therefore I am Paul. It dwells with what's not happening. It needs the past and future because you're pictured there, yeah? You're seen in the past and future. You're not seen now, you're remembered now. You're seen in the past and future. That's what the head does, yeah? So I was Paul, I will be Paul, therefore I am Paul, where the I am doesn't have any mechanism. It's I am that I am. It doesn't have to go around the world to get to something, yeah? It wasn't I was, I will be, therefore, no, I am that I am, yeah? So that's that. You can serve the spiritual subpoena as my job's over. I have faith in it completely. I've seen so many. Have you ever run into something that once you did, it was the end of that? Like for me, this became the last answer over time. I've never looked for another answer. It took away all need for any answers anymore. That's beautiful. Nothing else I ever met was like that in this life. But non-duality put a, a stop to a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, man. And like the great master Hoang Po says, you know, you cannot use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You, know, you can't use mind, big M mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. It was probably at a room like this and there was Maria and Bill and Tom and Amid and Amelia and Paul, but Hoang Po, I don't believe was seeing them. He was seeing the Buddha. He was seeing light. He was seeing mind. And he was just talking to mind, Buddha and light. And he was telling the Buddha, hey, you can't use yourself to find yourself. Yeah. It's beautiful, really. Do you think he was talking to those people? No, he was trying to talk through them to get to the Buddha and mind and light and talk to, talk to the Buddha for once. Yeah. And in a second, in a flash, it's clear. Yeah. And then you'll see how the dominoes fall, really. When you lose interest, in the need to be liberated, you're liberated from a lot of shit. When you lose interest in the need to be liberated, you're liberated from a lot of stuff. You are. Yeah. It's unbelievable how efficient it is. It just doesn't fit into the mental logic. It doesn't. It just it just does not fit in there. Because the mental logic, if a doing occurs, either I did it or you did it or God did it, to somehow there's gotta be something that's doing everything. And this whole place is a, is a verb. It's, there's no nouns to be found. They're made up by a verb called an act of being identified as self. They make up nouns. And so we get an interpretation noun verb when all there is is verbing. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have a lot of difficulty being a noun as a verb. 
They do. You know, they it's it's sort of like, you know, getting a glass of water from the Colorado River and taking it home and putting it on your mantle, thinking you captured the Colorado River, but you missed its most important essence, which is the rivering. Yes. Yeah. And this is what non-duality allows to be reestablished. It's already established. It just becomes obvious to you that this is it, basically. And then you're completely here. And I had a huge drive from six on to get out of here. That's what I was trying to do. I was, but in, in hindsight, I was really just trying to escape self, but from a mistaken location, self. So self was trying to get out of self, which is impossible. But of course, those failures just produced a lot of self-hate and self-incrimination and blame, yeah, because of the self-centeredness. And I couldn't see the falsehood of the formula until I did. And when I did, I've never not seen it. So, yeah, so. Yeah, we all have the ability to be convinced, we do. All right, so I'm just gonna check in with the Zoom and stuff. Yeah. Hey guys, can hey. you hear that? I was on mute the whole time. No, no, all loud and clear, very, very uh, good sound. All right, see if there's any questions there. Eh? Yeah, uh, Leah. Go here too. Leah is up. Hey Paul. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Quick question. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you had mentioned that there was something about volition. I mean, something about, I mean, you, you were talking about volition and um, you had um, mentioned, you know, that there was a car accident involving some teens and um, that the young man who was driving, you know, will end up taking this act personally for the rest of his life. I was wondering if you can just talk about um, self-will and what your thoughts are on that as, as we relate to non-duality. All right, well, self-will. Well, the thing is what we are talking about where I live, we knew them vaguely, this, these young kids that knew people in the community got into an accident and it was proven to be their fault. And one of the cousins was driving and they were drunk. He was drunk in like 11 in the morning or something. Yeah. And two of his cousins got killed. So he's going to be the survivor. And I would say that programming of the doer could have a huge field day with that. Yes. Because obviously the kids looking at it like I did this. Yes. Yeah. The principle's the same, but the weight or the degree of heaviness can be developed, yeah? Yeah, so, and I feel, I feel with the mental activity, there's no volition, first of all. You're not selfing, you're not doing this. It's being, it's a mechanical thing, yes? The mental states reacts to this to make a story out of it. That's, that's its programming, yeah? And it's, its programming only has, it has many stories, but the theme of them all are gonna be self-centered, yeah? It's gonna locate you as a thing historically and stuff, and it runs off and 
whatever happens, it uses it to further the story. Now, part of the story is you feel like you're doing it, yeah? And so it produces a lot of other effects. So this idea of self-will and predetermination, a lot of people always hear it. And Ramana Maharshi heard it a lot. And a great one by Ramana was, he heard it once again. And he says, listen, as long as there's a sense of individualism, which is the programming of selfing, there's gonna be a sense of free will. Yes? So everyone is, overlooking the sense of individuality and wants to get into the question of free will. But free will is an extension of the sense of individuality. It's part and parcel of it, yes? And that's the programming. You did not come to it, it's there. That's, yeah, that's the suit, yeah? So the whole point is, that's beautiful, yeah? And then the idea of predetermination. He said it comes from the same thing. Yeah, but he says the value of these questions about free will and predeterminations is to see who the hell's asking about it. Yeah, that's the only value they actually have is to see who is it that wants to know, because it's not you that wants to know that. Yes, that's the beauty of it. A lot of times, you and I being the answer is disguised by us asking a lot of questions but you and I are the answer. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for, yeah? So sometimes when we didn't do Zooms, we spent years cultivating no questions. And then I had to give all that up because looking at a screen, I'm not really compelled <laughs> to talk. I don't even know what they're wearing from this down. So, so I needed questions to you know, prime the pump. So it's funny, but a lot of times you'd rather starve the questioner because they're the answer already, yeah? So if you'd stop feeding them and feed the drive of wanting to know, uh, maybe they'll find out what they are, yeah? In some respects. So this idea of free will is rooted in the sense of individualism. Just like you can go to a a free will thing for three weeks. And when you go to Baskin Robbins the next day and you were going thinking you have vanilla and then you buy mocha, the sense of self feels like it had free will. Yeah. I chose the mocha. I was going to have the vanilla. Yeah. It just blows the three week retreat out of the water. That's not, we're not trying to convince that which is programmed that it has free will, that it doesn't have free will. I don't see any value in it. I don't. I see no value in trying to talk to the program about changing the program. Just throw it over its head and see who is it that's asking the question. Yeah. Who is it that's asking the question? Is there free will, self-determination? It's not you. It isn't. What you are is very clear. <laughs> it's got an incredible clarity about what's going on. We don't, you know, as this little fog of fucking mental war up there. <laughs> so, all right, Leah, is that all right? Yeah, Paul, what's your, what's your process or recommended process of self-inquiry? I don't have any anymore. I feel like the way I felt with Ramana, he says this is not a discipline and that 
basically it well, he believed if you took instead of going on the string this way if you followed all the strings back it always bring you back to where you already are so when you get there then just enjoy if the head seems to have moved you back out ask it who is it yeah so that you keep falling back into where you already are so it's not sort of a discipline it's something that you do or not it's not a doing and then it just causes a pause and things can get rearranged like that. Watch, I have done this so many times. People have a whole thing going and you go, well, who is it? That's worrying about next week. And there's a pause, the whole story stops because it's all driven by its you, yeah? If you take the you out, the whole thing stops and there you are, yeah? So I feel Asking yourself, who is am I, who am I is a negation. So one aspect of what you're not goes, who am I? The other one's supposed to answer, doesn't have anything to say and it negates both, yes? Yeah, so that's my feeling. I don't like to give anything to people because uh, it just goes, the horses are out of the barn and then they're fucking. It's another form of thinking they can do themselves into something that they already are. I'd rather just starve everyone. And I, my whole thing has been based on satsang, really. I went, I heard some things, chips fell. You know, one of them was a great one where I was at this thing and a guy came from Zen and he said an old Zen thing. He says, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. And I said, Wow, that seems to fit what's happening now. And he says, it's even funnier that I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And then I split and I never went back after that because I got it, you know? I got, yeah, that even in that room, the group that was sitting here thought the guy there had something they didn't have, which is duality, yeah? And so it, the banner was a non-duality meeting, but the activity of that non-duality meeting was duality completely. So, yeah, we're completely drenched and we're there online, standing in line to buy water. <laughs> Got to make you sort of stop, I hope, for a second, maybe for the rest of your life. But maybe a second will be the beginning, but maybe for the rest of your life. I feel there's a point where things got gotten and the, the fake floor collapses f-l-o-o-r not floor f-l-e-w i have to do that because people i used to say this thing the seeker is the sword and people mistook my language and they thought it was the seeker is the sword and they had it for years they finally met me i've been looking forward to meeting you the seeker in the sword no sword so because of the new york i try to spell things out because I say flaw, they think F-L-A-W or F-L-O. Yeah, so, yeah. It could, <laughs> could wreak havoc. By, you know, I'm going to tell you the old, this old joke. It's pretty good. This gets it. There's a, there's a monastery in Spain. A new abbot shows up. He calls up the librarian. He wants the librarian to go over the, translate the text, the old spiritual text. The librarian just did it a couple of years before. He says, I don't care, get on it. You know, so the guy's in the cellar hour after hour going over thing. And then suddenly he sees this thing and he rushes up to the abbot's door and it's three in the morning, he knocks on the door and the abbot goes, who is it? And the guy goes, the word was celebrate. 
not celibate. <laughs> and look at how much that changed you. <laughs> so you got to watch out. The seeker is the sword. No, no. <laughs> yeah, any more questions? Uh, there were a couple hands. Do you guys want to try again or? I'm no. happy everyone came. Happy, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no hands here. Okay. The necklace. All right. The necklace. I wish this was a poopa scoopa crowd, but the necklace. Uh, <laughs> this is. We'll go with the necklace. I like the big camera, small camera, but all right, the necklace. Another famous out of Ramana Maharshi. Famous one where a lady had a beautiful necklace and then she loses it and she bum, it bums her out, yes? Pretty badly. And so she starts asking her friends to help her look for it and they volunteer. And now there's a large group of them looking for the necklace because it will change her life. And then um, they hear that someone up north police says they found a necklace a necklace and they can teach you how to find a necklace so they go up there and they go to the satsang and the guy says oh yes i found the necklace and i can help you find the necklace send me this money and then give you the first clue whatever and so they join this group for six or eight months they're not finding the necklace so she's really bummed out and suddenly someone sees her and goes hey I heard you've, you've, you're in this plight of losing the necklace. And she says, oh, yes, it's been terrible. I can't believe, how, what did I do to lose the necklace? And he says, well, feel your neck. And she finally feels the neck and it's there, yeah? Now she believes that she found the necklace, but it was never not there, yeah? She just never checked it out. She believes something and went off on it. Now she finds it. And in that same belief, she now feels great joy even and then and based on the fact that she found it and she was super bummed out seemingly based on the fact that she lost it but she had never lost it nor did she ever find it it's always been there yeah what would that be but dreaming what would that be but a definition of dreaming something isn't lost but you believe it is so it produces all these uncaused effects because it's not caused truly because you didn't lose it but you're living as if you did. And then living as if you did, when it's found, it brings a great joy. But then again, if it brought a great joy, why wasn't it bringing a great joy all the time? Because it was never lost, yeah? So basically, Ramana would say, we're always realized. There's no realizations. We're, the realization is like a rude one. And you realize you're always realized. That's the cake. That's the condition. Yeah. So the lady didn't lose her thing, didn't find it. Yes. So now she wasn't caught in that world of opposites of losing, finding, acquiring. What happens if you believe you have achieved the state? You also can believe you can lose that state. Yeah. If you believe you did something to get there, you can believe you'll do something to leave there, yeah? You can't win playing with that with the casino's money. It's a two-sided coin duality, yes? 
And no matter how, times, how many times you cut the coin, it's still gonna be two-sided. This is what happens. People, I feel, get a free sample of being what they are. The head arises and calls it an experience they had. And now they're haunted by its lack of stability. And they dream of, they want it to be like it was that moment all the time. Well, it is, but you're not. <laughs> yes, it is actually all the time, but you're not. Yeah, because you mistook, you, you call something something else. It's not an experience you had. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I had these epiphanies and I swear they would always end with the, this sentence, I'm having an epiphany. I swear to God. And then it would end up, you'd have like a big fucking, like, uh, you know, wild animal head you're going to put on your spiritual mantle. You know, oh, look at this one I had. And then you call up other people and, you know, compare epiphanies. It's fucking crazy. Yes. Who is it or what? Who is it that has the epiphany? You're not that. Yeah. So epiphanies come and go. Things come and go. But what you are doesn't. Yeah. And it's not an experience. I'm not blissed out constantly. Yeah. I don't. I need an attendant just because I'm getting old. But I mean, you know, walking around, you'd have to, oh, Paul, and I wouldn't respond, you know, there's no Paul, you know, come to food. No, but I definitely, definitely have a sense of contentment and satisfaction that's not produced by my outside circumstance. Hallelujah. So I have, I have uh, the ability to travel lighter and it's not mine. That ability wasn't acquired. It was revealed, so to speak. Not by concentrating on it, by, 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 by seeing what I'm not. When I lost interest in what I'm not, there was a lot of gaining interest in other possibilities. Yeah? Was it, was it spontaneous? Then, well, it's always spontaneous, but um, I don't know. I don't think anything... See, the weird thing is, I can say... It was, but then it says it's always been this way. Yeah. Yeah. So was there, I mean, there was, when it wasn't, I guess. Oh, yeah. It, as the action figure, yeah. I think the action figure had to fall down certain stairs, and it kept falling down more stairs. And then there was uh, a being convinced. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that. Yeah. But it's almost as if, for the oak tree to manifest, it has to grow, but the whole seed has the whole oak, oak tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, so basically I had had an experience when I was younger of being struck sober. So I was a, a intravenous user, drug user and stuff. And my life had been pretty chaotic and nothing seemed to uh, bring me to my senses. No human power could seem to get me sober. And then one day, not far from here, actually, I left Cal San Francisco and a couple of days later woke up in Calistoga uh, in a trailer. And it was like, if hopefully you don't know what a blackout is, but people who have blackouts, uh, when you come out of it, it's like you uh, parachuted behind enemy lines. You come out, you know, you're not, no one's missed you because you've been there, but you don't believe you've been there. 
yeah, you come too. And I came too in a trailer with some guy drinking Royal Gate vodka. And I looked at him and his head looked huge and bulbous nose, varicose veins. And I said to myself, this guy's a bum. And lo and, bo- and behold, he looked at me and I thought he looked at me like I was a bum. And then the whole thing stopped. It really like a pause and the screen just got cleared and it was super like in capital letters, I'm fucked. Now I'd been fucked for quite a while, but it was news to me really. And then it was right underneath it and I'm not managerial quality. I swear to God. And that set me off. What happened was it set off a train of circumstances that, and that night I was brought to a recovery meeting. If I hadn't taken, if that experience or event hadn't coupled with a way of life, it would have died on the vine in a couple of days. But because the event triggered a train of circumstances that brought me into the world of recovery, I've been 35 years sober. Yeah, but it all was at that moment but I was struck sober and I've never had a strong feeling or thought about drinking or using ever since. Never thought that was possible. And that urge to escape was removed, mind boggling. And one of the greatest gifts was, I was two years sober when my mother died, which was awesome. Because I had a lot of amends to make to my mother based on my behaviors. And the best amend was me being sober. very happy that happened but yeah so I had this that blew my mind and that just uh it felt it was so clear that something had done for me what I couldn't do for myself and that just that's just been the basis of the life now yeah like that's why I can come to every meeting because I never show up if I was attending I'd have reasons not to really but I just show up it's like a seat assignment and then this energy happens yeah it's awesome so that's what that was a basis changed my whole basis and then on that basis i heard things and then i heard non-duality about non-duality and it was a novel idea it was it definitely did not feel like it had a the stamp of a mental logic yeah and it intrigued the head first of all and i would read something and it would stop me for long periods of time and the head would just get re- reset so to speak and try to new groove and uh it motivated me to go see who wrote that book and i went to india sat with this guy ramesh balsakar listened to him went down to see where raman Mahashi lived because i read him a little and uh i hit the one day in a tent and Tiruvannamali, I knew I'd never ask another question again, which I haven't. And things got done, you know. The whole system collapsed. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. And I, the more important part was sharing it, the clarity around why it's not seemingly available and how quick the system, when is revealed like the emperor with no clothes, finds a pair of pants. Yeah, it's very fast. And it's not you doing it. It's mechanical. Yeah. You're not doing it. That's where most people get stuck. Because that sense of the doer is so strong. When you reveal any activity going on, 
a lot of reasons why people don't want to see it is it's more of them doing shit that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So it's like a cognitive dissonance. I don't want to hear about any more stuff I'm responsible for. But in fact, this is mechanical. The head responds to conscious contact, claims it, and, and installs the story. Yeah. That's the spooky part where you, where you say you're, you're kind of talking through this selfing activity, and I kind of see that going. I'm really familiar with the selfing part of it. Yeah. The spooky part is the. Is, Yes. Something else is going on. Yes, yes. Well, the spooky part is from the selfing. The spooky part isn't spooky, but from the selfing, it seems spooky. Yes. Because the system, uh, its imperative is to reinforce the system. Yes. So people who, let's say, are in the act of the body identification, to them, it seems impossible that they're not a body. But other people who have seen that it isn't, it's not a big leap. Yeah. But if someone who's believing they're a body, it seems impossible that they could not be a body. Yes. Because of the believing they're a body. Yeah. So if you go question that, who is it that believes they're a body? That's the way to get out, not trying to convince that, that it's not a body, but can, asking who is it? Yes. It's a, it's a beautiful, uh, it's almost as if, you know, it was a famous old Qi Kung story about uh, an emperor in China. We used it the other week. Tai Chi master, when I was young, told me, told us about it. This emperor in China in this little area wanted to see who was the greatest martial arts in his kingdom. So he put out the word and all these people came who had incredible abilities you know those rings and everything jumping and shit and during one on the sunday morning an old guy came out with a bird a sparrow in its hand and just stood there for like two minutes nodded to the emperor walked away so then they have a big congregation who was the greatest martial artist and he gets the emperor says it was that old dude and everyone's in an uproar he didn't do fucking shit you know he just walked in walked out but then the old dude comes out and explain it. He says, well, listen, the sparrow constantly wanted to push off and take off, but it just yielded. So it looked like it was just standing there, but it wasn't, yeah? I just didn't give it a, a thing. And, and so in a way, that's sort of what it's like, yeah? If, you, if, if you're before thought, you'll see the mechanism that holds thoughts up collapse. You'll see it. Yeah, it cannot withstand awareness. Yeah, clouded awareness from being the thinker, seeing the thoughts from there, it's already been biased. But seeing the idea of a thinker before thoughts, you see right through, you can see right through. Yeah, and enough is, hopefully enough will be enough. Enough is revealed and then something basic changes. And you can travel lighter. What the fuck more do you want through this event? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like if there's a destined, no matter how much you'd like to transcend, you're here in the body neighborhood and things are going to happen. Yes. And the real value in life isn't these like uh, 
one moment, it's moment to moment. Can you, can, uh, so in other words, I don't, you know, whatever is going to happen to the action figure is going to happen to it, but you'll travel lighter through it. Really, what more do you want? Yeah. And it only comes from seeing the truth of things. There's not much more that's, if you see which comes first, seeing or seer. If you can start pledging allegiance to verb instead of noun, yeah, being your life as quote unquote a noun will be lighter. Yes? Yeah. And I saw, you know, one thing I've had an experience of in this life as an addict and shit has deep, pitiful demoralization, yeah? Crippled with the effects of the belief in the programming, you know? Things I did and didn't do concerning my mother and other things. And I've seen lots of fucking suffering, you know? huge amount of suffering, some seemingly self-imposed other things happening. Yeah? And, you know, there's something came out of that where I just wanna see people travel lighter. And it's like when I was younger and I was getting well, you know, we had an, I was with a group that did meditation and then we got, we had an idea. Why not bring meditation classes into Rikers Island, this prison? And I'd say, that's fucking obvious. They've taken away all people's possibility, but you could still meditate in a cell. So to me, that's empowering. So yeah, go to Rikers Island and then watch these people get initiated in meditation, these prisoners. And their, their face is worth everything, you know, you could see. And so there they are, not changing their condition, but allowing them to travel lighter. Yes, yes. Because you are the condition that precedes all other conditions that are affecting you. You are the original condition. You're not on a ride, you are the ride. Yeah, and you can see that. Yeah, so I feel. And I don't think it takes much. I think satsang is enough, really. Associating with truth, letting it land. You know, you may be called on to act, you may not be, but there was no effort to blow the clarion call. It just resonates in all of us. You just have to, you know, stay in a little atmosphere and you'll sense it, yes, yeah. It speaks a language that doesn't need repeating. You know? The repeating is to just overwhelm that which you're not. The message is already inserted. It's, it's, you don't have to receive it. It's, it's already there. It's already here. Yeah. So I think I want to have a coffee now. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And you, anyone out, anyone there have a uh, question? I have two masters. You can't serve two masters at the same time. A Zoom master and anyone? Oh, Mike is left. Oh, so I'm moderating now. Any questions? No, I don't see any. Hey, is that, that's enough today, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Let's uh, let's just say goodbye.
Uh, who's that? Oh, Ben. Always a pleasure not to see Ben. He's there, though. We got Vlad. Nice to see you, Vlad. Tariq from Dover, as always. We got, uh, what is this, Johnny? Johnny B. Nice to, see, nice to see you, Johnny. Tommy from Ireland. Stuart from Down Under. Jack G from Cape Cod. Sharks don't swim in pools. <laughs> we got Mike. Nice to see you, Mike. I'm happy you uh, looked at the website and didn't drive to Marin City. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I can't see these. Oh, there's Mike. Leah. Thank you, Leah. Another Mike. Chris. Uh, we got Jack G. We got uh, Anish. Always a nice to see you, Anish. Yeah, yeah. Mike A, Anish, Ashley. Oh, Ashley looking very stylish. We got Nanette. Nanette has uh, uh, gifted us with her presence. Nice. Uh, Angie, Matt. Uh, who is this? Oh, Holly. Nice to see you, Holly. Sue, the lady who buys me lattes. Robert. And phone numbers, I can't tell. Hey, thank you, everyone. We'll see you on, uh, just go to Zen Slap events. That's where all the talks, all the events are scheduled. Okay? And say goodbye to some people in Auburn. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. None of these people got it. Don't worry about it. You're way ahead of all of them. I mean, way ahead of them. All right. See you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome.